Every week, Hillsdale College President Larry Arn joins Hugh Hewitt to discuss great books, great men, and great ideas. This is the Hillsdale Dialogues, presented by Hillsdale College. To find more episodes, search for Hillsdale Dialogues at SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, and Ricochet. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. I'm Hugh Hewitt. That music means it is the last radio hour of the week. That hour of the week we devote to the Hillsdale Dialogue and have for many, many years. All of the Hillsdale Dialogues are collected at hillsdale.edu, at hughforhillsdale.com, or the easiest way, sequentially, if you use iTunes and Google Hillsdale Dialogues iTunes, they lay them out from most recent to the first, and you can binge listen or go to the bottom and start over. You'll start with Homer or Job. I can't remember which we began with, but then you'll be brought up to where we are. Next week, we begin the history of the English-speaking people. I tell you, these four volumes will cost you less than 20 bucks on Amazon. We're going to have a romp, and after that, we're going to do more Churchill. It might be the uh, the fall of Churchill, which is important because we are approach- approaching a Churchillian moment in the United States politically in the next two years. Dr. Arn and I are going to talk about politics, but I want to begin by talking about British politics, Dr. Arn. Liz Truss, new Prime Minister of Great Britain. You have known many Prime Ministers. You have studied them all. What do you think of Liz Truss? Uh, Well, it's a very good idea to be optimistic these days. (laughs) And so I have hopes for her. I like that thing you mentioned about the North Sea. Yes. Uh, She, uh, you know, she, she, the the other guy, and I can't remember his name now, a very talented man. Rishi. uh, Rishi Sunak. Yeah, he was uh, the favorite, big favorite, right? And then she just took over. And it was known, once the campaign, you know, it, it, was a, it was a complicated process that went to wider and then ever narrower groups, and then it came to a vote of what they call the parliamentary par- party. And she just, t- you know, she just caught fire. And, uh, and she did a better job... If, of sounding the real themes, you know, which the real theme, the real question in politics today in the Western world is, who is sovereign? Are the people sovereign? Because if they are, if government is only legitimate when it's by consent, then the utmost effort must be made to place things under their control and make things plain to them. And we obscure things today and... and uh, Arbitrary action is taken and gotten away with and grows in acceptance with time. Well, she seemed to me the one most likely to disrupt that, and that's what Margaret Thatcher did. And uh, this will connect us to Hillsdale. There is a statue of Margaret Thatcher at Hillsdale. There are not many colleges in the United States that Margaret Thatcher visited, and she visited Hillsdale College, and there's a funny story about the statue. If you're one of my new affiliates, like WGAN in Portland, has not heard this story before, about Margaret Thatcher and the statue. So, Dr. Arn, tell people about that statue. Well, uh, I've had so many privileges in my life, and one of the main ones is I got to know her. I met her through Martin Gilbert, and I knew her for a long time. It was my station to introduce her three or four times, and I had lunch with her many times in London, especially after she retired. Uh, And so she was tough 
and strong and kindly. Uh, she, in her personal demeanor, she sometimes reminded me of my mother-in-law. Uh, in her professional demeanor, she sometimes reminded me of Alexander the Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I told her that I wanted to do a statue of her on the campus, and she thought that was great. And I told her I would send her the, the photographs of the monquette of the statue, and she could comment on it. And I did. The statue was done by the great Bruce Wolf, one of our best statues. He has real dynamism in the way he... He's, he's great. Look him up. Uh, he, uh, so I sent him the thing, and I sent her the, the, the photographs, and I didn't hear. And I didn't hear. And she was an excellent correspondent. And my wife said to me, I'll bet it's because her sh skirt is too short. Ah, Penny, Penny knows. She's seating she's, uh, seated in a chair with her legs crossed. And Penny noticed that. And I said, hmm. So I called a woman named Ann Worthing, who I know knew well, and she worked for Mrs. Thatcher forever. And I said, Ann, is the skirt too short? And she didn't affirm. She just said, she's a very proper lady. So, so I called up Bruce Wolf and I said, we got to lengthen the skirt. And we did on the Mount Cat. And I sent her the photographs. And three days later, I heard back, it's really great. Uh, I, you know, every time I hear that, I love that story. Now, Margaret Thatcher is not coming back. Liz Truss might come back. If she does, she's got to move fast. There is a great, uh, a great essay on Thatcher in Dr. Kissinger's new book. Uh, which is very depressing, by the way. The last chapter, and I, I mean literally the last chapter, Dr. Kissinger is 99. I'm not expecting any more books. Is about how the age of reading is done. The age of books is over and the age of images upon us, and that's a disaster for the West. The penultimate chapter that Dr. Kissinger writes is about Margaret Thatcher. And it's wonderful because she moved lightning fast to take over from Edward Heath. She struck hard and fast. When she became the prime minister, she struck hard and fast. Liz Trust has to move hard and fast, Dr. Arn, if she's going to reverse the decline of the Tory party. And I think that means primarily just slash and burn Whitehall and get rid of bureaucrats and get rid of regulations and pump oil in the North Sea and send more weapons to Ukraine and build more Navy ships and just do what Thatcher did times two. What do you think of that very quick theory of how Liz Trust succeeds? Well, she's... she's uh got to do that because that's where the problem is it's uh, slightly different from the one lady thatcher faced and more dangerous because what she what lady thatcher faced was that the trade unions controlled yes. the labor party and they would strike and you know cause havoc in britain especially in the winter when people got cold and then they would negotiate new contracts across the board for all the big unions and Margaret Thatcher decided, uh, declared that she would stop that. And the way she did it was extremely dramatic. She, she, they passed a law right after she came in against what they called secondary picketing. And that means you could strike against a company and picket the company, but you couldn't do what they were doing, which is also picketing their suppliers and their customers, which means they could shut down sections of the economy. And so they passed a law against that. 
And then up in the north, they, they launched a, a big strike with secondary picketing. And I can remember watching the newscast. What comes down the road is buses and trucks. And what was in the buses was London cops. And what was in the trucks was portable fencing. And they, and they arrested multitudes of these secondary picketers. And then they, the next morning, uh, people in suits showed up at the union offices and started seizing their assets. And that, you know, that was hard stuff, right? And she, she did not enjoy doing it, but it had to be done. Yeah, and her way, you know, she had a special way about her. Uh, she's the most emphatic politician I ever saw. And she loved the word nothing. And she would say, this is a law and nothing will stop us from uh, enforcing it. And, you know, nothing. So what's the follow-up question, right? And, uh, yeah, so she was a really remarkable woman. Now, however, the, uh, the administrative state, which is very numerous and which makes most of the laws in Britain and in America and also enforces the laws, is becoming in our country and the West in general a force unto itself. And a malignant force. Can I tell you a quick story before we go to break? Um, West Virginia versus EPA, the most important decision John Roberts has authored other than Citizens United and equal to it. It says no major question may be decided by an administrative agency unless it has explicit authority to do so. It's revolutionary. Well, last week, Tom Carper, Democrat of Delaware, persuaded my old friend, frequently wrong, but never not friendly, E.J. Dionne, that in the reconciliation bill they had repealed West Virginia versus EPA. Well, they didn't. They did not do that. But they have got about now a few Democrats saying we did so because they want to embolden bureaucrats to again say that they have powers that the Congress did not explicitly give them. Their hunger is never ending, Larry Arn. 30 seconds to our break. Yeah, and just remember, in America, people carrying guns are taking partisan political positions. Yes. That's that's as bad as it gets. It is. When we come back, the state of the uh, political campaign as it begins for the fall, the first full week of campaigning is behind us. Liz Truss is prime minister. Will the Republicans control Congress or will we stick with Joe Biden's Democrats? Dr. Oren is not ideological. He is not a partisan. But we're going to talk about the landscape when we return. Welcome back, America. All things Hillsdale are found at hillsdale.edu. All of the Hillsdale dialogues, which have been going on too long now for me to count, are found on iTunes in sequential order. If you just Google Hillsdale dialogues, it will take you there. And you can also find them at hughforhillsdale.com. Dr. Arn, the um, the election that, that is coming, it's a gargantuan vote. And I am pretty optimistic, but I am not totally an optimist because some people lose energy. Fundamental things are still afoot in this country. What do you think is going on in the red and the blue world that is the United States? Well, um, the chattering classes, among which we are, uh, among which we and those like us constitute a tiny minority, are all on one side. And so, and they have the power of the state, and they're using it. 
I mean, this student loans loan thing, which is plainly unlawful, you know, one man by his will deploying half a trillion to a trillion dollars in ways that violate statute law, that, 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 things like that are happening. Uh, I read a thing from the Heritage Foundation this morning about the state of election laws, and many states have tidied up their election laws. And the purpose of election laws is so that citizens can vote easily and only they can vote easily. And, and once. Yeah, one, yeah, you know, once. I, yeah. You know, I'd like to vote twice, but it's uh, not fair. So in many states, the laws have gotten better. But in many of the worst states, they've gotten worse. And, and you know, it's, uh, you, you, if you, the device is this, if you automatically register people, then, and there's no ID required, then somebody else can vote for somebody else, and it's very hard to ver- verify whether they're authorized to do that or not. And, you know, it, uh, uh, the old rules work this way. Absentee ballots possible if you've got a good reason, but you need to deliver the, the ballot yourself and sign it, or you need to uh, have a family member do it. Well, now, you know, they, you're registered automatically, and somebody can just go look at the voter, voter rolls, and so you can't tell for sure whether Who is the voting. person has any part in the vote. You know, Dr. Arn, I know Mark Zuckerberg a little bit. I've had two conversations with him, and someone who knows him quite well told me he regrets the Zuckerberg boxes, that he'd never intended that. But he and his wife, out of an excess of goodwill, they wanted to help uh, clean elections, gave a lot of money to people they did not know, which is never a good idea. That's why I'd, if I had a billion dollars to give away, I'd give it to Hillsdale College, because I know it would be purposed correctly. But he doesn't, you know, I think you had to go to Hillsdale and talk about this, but I am curious do you think people realize how badly, despite all the chattering class trying to say vote suppression is going on, we had record turnout in Georgia this year. We are having record turnout everywhere for an off-year election. Voting has not been suppressed. It's been, fraud has been made more difficult to accomplish. Yeah, and, you know, that, uh, I, I, he did that interview the other day that was made a storm about the FBI. Joe Rogan, telling, yes. Uh, FBI telling him, uh, telling telling Facebook, uh, suppress the Hunter, Hunter Biden laptop story. And, you know, he, he, he said we significantly suppressed it. Yes. And, and I did have the sense hearing him that he felt bad about that. Yeah, that's what I've been told. Is it, he's just a night, he's a brilliant computer scientist. He's naive about politics. That is a dangerous combination. I, I heard, uh, I read a quote by him that these days he wakes up uh, with a uh, disturbance in the pit of his stomach. Yes, that's in the Rogan interview. And all the, you know, and that's just, you know, and he, you know, he just, he, he just set out to do, you know, place everybody in communication with everybody. And you and, know what? Politics is hard. And people who don't think it is simply don't know the world. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the stigmatization of the ordinary. 
with Dr. Arn, because Dr. Agresto wrote a whole book on education, never mentioned Trump, but I think he hit on what's going on in the country and what elected Trump. Stay tuned, America. The Hilltail Dialogue on Politics 2022 continues. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Dr. Larry Arn is president of Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale at hillsdale.edu. All of these previous dialogues are found at hughforhillsdale.com or on iTunes under Hillsdale Dialogue. Uh, The stigmatization of the ordinary is one of the theses of Dr. John Agresso's book, The Death of Learning. He is uh, of the same generation as Dr. Arn and I, and he is a political theorist, and he has written a book, and he was the president of a college, St. John's, for 12 years. And he writes about the denigration of the high, and he also writes about how politics has tried to stigmatize the ordinary, and that people who hold ordinary religious views, ordinary civic views, or ordinary political views are now being whipped in public arenas and canceled on college campuses, and that this is deeply troubling to the republic. And I also believe, without mentioning Trump, he explained the entire Trump phenomenon, Dr. Owen, because finally I had a phrase, stigmatizing ordinary opinions and ordinary ways of life is central to the project of the left. And they're coming after Hillsdale now, like they came after the Claremont Institute and other places, because you folks elevate the high and you praise the ordinary. Yeah, it's, uh, and see, we believe, I believe, the college believes, I was always believed, you can't teach anybody anything unless they want to. And so in the college business, it's very important not to make anybody do anything, right? You, you have to make very clear what's going to happen when you come here. You have to sign the honor code to say that you understand. And, you know, there's 4,500 colleges. Go to one of them. We don't care. And, uh, and so that means that we're a community of people who want to be here. That's what charter schools are like. Yes. Charter schools are a brilliant device to return control of education to the parents. And, you know, down in Tennessee, where we're attempting at the invitation of powerful people who came to us, we didn't go to them, uh, we're attempting to start a lot of charter schools. And so one of the things they say is, why does somebody from Michigan get to say what education is in Tennessee? And the answer to that is, that's not what we're doing. That's not what you're doing. No one will come to any, no one has ever come to any of our charter schools who did not have another option. And there's a long wait list in all of those schools. And that means it's just way better if you don't compel them. But the education system, now centralized and driven by non-teachers who consume most of the money, they, they are for, it's force. You have to go to our school, you see. And our school is to be the only free school. And that's, you know, that's despotism. Do you know, Dr. Ron, there's a reason why Glenn Youngkin, who was recently your guest, and Ron DeSantis in Florida and Doug Ducey in Arizona are widely regarded as the three most successful Republican governors. Youngkin has been there less than a year, DeSantis less than one term, and Ducey finishing his second term. They only have one thing in common. They've taken on the education bureaucrats. They have said we are for parents. 
It is a, and Tim Scott on this program said the GOP must be the party of parents. Now, Hillsdale is not a Republican organization or a Democrat. It is not anti-Republican or anti-Democrat, but it is very pro-parent. Yeah, and you know, uh, see, it's it's funny about this. Uh, everybody at Hillsdale College, basically speaking, we actually have an 83-year-old senior this year, an Air Force officer, but leaving him out of account, Everybody is between the ages of 18 and 21. That means they've reached the age of majority. And that means that they decide for themselves. On the other hand, we include the parents. In K-12 education, there's no legitimate option except to do that. And, you know, they, they diagnose these kids with gender dysphoria, and they place them in gender transition, and they don't tell the parents. And that's a permanent change. And, and, and there are cases where if the parents object, their custody of their child is threatened. And you know, that is one of the reasons Liz Truss has won, is because the conservatives closed the gender treatment um, facility in London, where so many uh, cases of maladministration of that so-called treatment have been now revealed. And that is a 90-10 issue, by the way. I don't talk about it much on the radio because it, pe- people don't want to hear about it. They, they are upset for the child. They're upset for children suffering actual gender dysphoria. They're upset for parents in that situation. But they don't want to talk about it. But they all agree it's crazy not to include the parent. I don't, I don't know of any American who thinks it's a good idea to exclude the parent from that decision. Not yeah. one. No one will stand up and defend that. Yeah, and you know... Uh, if you object to being what's done in the schools, we know from Virginia, from Loudoun County, a blue county, they'll send the FBI. Yes, they will. Or they'll and try then, to. And then the parents do not back down. As soon as this stuff is exposed, as soon as anything of the left is exposed, it withers in sunlight. And that is why I'm hopeful for the country. But as we are busy saving the country, i got to ask you, Hong Kong is gone. You were there on the eve of the transfer that the Brits were obliged to do. China is wobbling towards war, forced by, uh, with Taiwan, forced by a collapsing economy. Ukraine is invaded by Putin. You know, the Cuban Missile Crisis saved John F. Kennedy at the uh, last minute in 1962 from a wipeout in the midterms. Do you worry about that in these midterm elections, uh, 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 an October surprise to end all October surprises? Well, I, you know, I worry that and many other things, right? Because what we see is huge things are orchestrated to affect the election. Yes, and, like the student loan trillion-dollar give-back. And, you know, they, they don't... Uh, where's the skeptical press? You know, I meet it. Does Joe Biden ever meet it? And, uh, and... So what about that? You know, now, you know if, I were, if I were running an editorial page right now, I mean a newspaper page, I'm an opinion column, I would be out looking for the richest people who are getting student loan relief that I could possibly have, because that's what they're doing on the abortion question. Post-Dobbs, they're finding the most sympathetic cases of women denied access to abortion uh, and front-paging it. Now, find the least sympathetic student loan uh, largest recipients, and that will be equal treatment in the press. But as you said, it's not the press anymore. It's an agent of the Democratic National Committee. Yeah. It, uh, and that's, you know, it's, it has congealed into 
a bunch of people who believe in a different uh, basis for rule. They believe that expertise, they believe that the leading lights of the society should decide. It's not aristocracy. Is it oligarchy, if you're going to use Aristotle's approach? Yeah, well, aristocracy means rule of the best. I don't have right. to think these people are the best. I agree. These are oligarchs. And they, you know, and they, and, you know, most of them don't think about it very seriously. Some do. And they, you know, there, there is a, a wish. And this is, you know, this is totalitarian thought is a 20th century phenomenon and it's a development on an ancient phenomenon. If you read in Aristotle's politics about what tyrants do to do the difficult thing of preserving themselves, hard to do because people don't like to be tyrannized. And what they do is they destroy privacy and friendship and learning. So let me, this is the perfect transition, this segment, conclusion of the next. President Biden called uh, most of the Republican Party semi-fascist because most of the Republican Party still supports Donald Trump. You and I are in Switzerland. But most of the Republican Party would nominate him again today if the primary were held today. So I guess they're semi-fascist. And then we've got a uh, Tom Ricks, who's a very wonderful writer, quoting apparently favorably an article calling the modern GOP the modern peculiar institution. It's, as, it's, it's deflection and projection. The left is lurching towards authoritarian and totalitarian rule, but they're ascribing it to Republicans when Trump, in fact, embodied the, the revolt against elites. Yeah. Well, see, that's not unprecedented. It's, uh, that's, you know, this, the, the Old South made arguments like that. Hitler's Germany presented itself to the world as humane. Uh, Stalin, aren't the people happy? Right. So, yeah, of course, they present an alternative reality. And, you know, it's if you want to get really gloomy, which you must not, by the way, uh, you can say that uh, the conditions have changed so much. Social media, mass everything, instant everything, that deliberative democracy is impossible now. But. The reason you must not accept that is, first of all, it's not known. But the second thing is, it, no alternative will work. Because uh, for all their glitz and wealth and sophistication, the ruling class are still people. And, and if they rule others without their consent, they will fall to mischief every time. So the thing is, you know, this... The great prescription in, uh, in the Federalist Papers, the best thing in the Federalist Papers, it says, if men were angels, no government would be needed. If angels were to govern men, neither internal or external controls on the government would be necessary. Now, that's just, that's just the Declaration of Independence placed into constitutional talk. Yes. Because that's just an ineluctable fact that will not go away. We have interest, each of us, you know. Uh, I, I don't think I'm a tyrant myself. And how do I avoid it? Well, first of all, I can't be. Because no, nobody has to go to Hillsdale College. There's lots of options. Yes, right? 4,500 other places to go to school. And, and, and 
Nobody has to give any money to Hillsdale College. There's lots of options. Everything at Hillsdale College is voluntary. And that's a better way, see, because then you can cooperate. And, you know, I've, I've learned a long time ago in my long and complicated career, I learned that uh, you shouldn't spend any time, no time, trying to make somebody do something they don't want to do. You can only make them do things. You, you can't make them do anything, actually. But you can only get them to do harmoniously what they agree to do. And they can be persuaded, but they cannot be obliged. I'll be right back. Dr. Larry Arn for the final segment of this week's uh, opening of the political wars of 2022 when we return to the Hillsdale Dialogue. I do want to remind everyone, um, in mid-September, we're doing this book, The History of the English-Speaking People. It's four volumes, and you can get it for like 15 bucks on Amazon.com. Life-changing. Absolutely the spine of Western civilization in four volumes written by the great man himself, Winston Churchill. Welcome back, America. When two weeks ago, President Biden referred to the Republican Party impromptu, it was not in his prompter speech, as semi-fascist. Large parts of it, the MAGA people, are semi-fascist. I read one poor, misguided opinion writer who thought, well, this is going to be like when Churchill referred to the socialists in Great Britain as Gestapo, except it wasn't, because Churchill paid a political price for being misunderstood. Joe Biden is not paying any price for being understood, uh, Dr. Arn. I, I think it's amazing that that passed without much, much comment, but I should not be surprised by our modern media. Yeah. It, uh, you know, that's... See, that's an old, that's a, an old technique of both the hard left and the hard right. You know, they're, they're, uh, uh, go look at the street war that went on between the Nazis and the communists in Germany from about 1925, but intensely from 1928 to 1931, 33, actually, when Hitler came to power. And and what were they doing, right? They were committing violence and accusing each other of it. And, uh, you know, uh, there's an old uh, expression in Arkansas. It's like the pot calling the kettle black. Because, you know, both pots and kettles, God, you have an open fire to, get, yep. to cook hominy grits. They're both black. And uh, so, yeah, that's an old technique, right? And and it it, it the, the fact that it's happening is a sign of a breakdown in civic trust, and you know we need to not have that. But it's hard to stop once it gets going. Well, the only place to stop it, Victor Davis Hanson makes this argument, is really in high school. By the time you get them, you're kind of gleaning the top of the of the bunch. You're taking the cream of the crop of high school graduates at Hillsdale College. It is, I think, probably the most esteemed college in America right now. And by people who actually think about these things in the right terms of the good. And there aren't enough Hillsdale Colleges or imitators of it to turn back the tide. So it actually happens in high school. And I think the charter school movement you've started is really the only way. And I I hope education dominates this election season, Dr. Arn. I would not vote for one incumbent on any school board 
unless I was absolutely certain of their um, rejection of masking, their refusal to close, and their support for charter schools. What do you think of my maximalist position there? That's very good, yeah. And, you know, I do think that, uh, so the key, the key to the situation, in my opinion, is parents. And second, because if they don't love their children anymore, they're not fit to govern themselves anymore. But they do. And the same argument applies just less intensely to anybody who makes an independent living, right? Because there's a joy in that, right? It, it, it is not a happy existence to live on subsidized student loans when you're not really getting a degree. And, and so, but it is a happy existence. Because you know, you know, know that it. you are a freeloader. You know that. If you are an Antifa demonstrant, you know you are not adding to anything. You are det- you are subtracting from people's happiness and wealth. You, you know, are you know, the w- nothing. Way to make, the way to make money in business is to serve people. Yes. And that's very satisfying, right? It leads to excellent relationships. And making people do things because you say so does not lead to those relationships. And... Uh, it, it, so, you know, I, I live in a blessed world, except for my enemies that have noticed me now, uh, because, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm getting ready to go walk across the campus and going to go to lunch. And when I walk across there, I will not meet hostility and resentment. And the reason is I'm just helping people do what they want to do. And that is not the occasion if you were to walk across the mall in D.C. or into a hearing in Tennessee, or indeed your governor, Whitmer, must not like Hillsdale much at all. I, I, no, I can't she's imagine. Not, uh, she's not uh, our biggest fan. Uh, well, you have an election up there, yeah, and it's a pretty stark choice. What does it feel like on the ground in terms of arguments spoken and unspoken? Close. Close. Interesting. Yeah. It's a blue state. It's a blue state. Well, it's purplish. Yeah, it's, it, we, we have a Republican legislature. They're not particularly good, but uh, maybe they're getting better. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not a, uh, I like to say, it's hard for Michigan to get as bad as California. It's too cold up here, and people <laughs> leave. <laughs> Look, fundamental things are afoot. I think Dr. Oren said that in 2015 and they are still afoot and they remain afoot at every election near you so please participate please get smart dr larry Aaron, thank you all things hillsdale are found at hillsdale.edu Hugh for hillsdale.com or on itunes when you just type in hillsdale dialogues and itunes you'll get them all thanks for listening to the hillsdale dialogues presented by hillsdale college For more episodes, search for Hillsdale Dialogues at SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, or Ricochet. For more information about Hillsdale College, head to hillsdale.edu.